0: Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always. And today we're thrilled to have Brian Gregory, the creator and brain behind The Yes Test. With over 20 years in publishing, advertising, and agency work, Brian is the marketing maven who knows the secret sauce to brand success. I've asked Brian here to talk about how emotional algorithms can skyrocket your sales and why understanding primal human emotions is key to brand analysis. If you're looking to decode the emotional formulas that make brands tick. Brian is your go-to expert. I've asked him to join us here today to share his story, plus talk about innovation, emo- emotional marketing, and much more. So, Brian, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great, Daryl. I'm excited to be here. It's going to be a fun show. We're going to talk about all kinds of marketing voodoo and the things that hopefully people are are going to be enlightened by. So, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, it's an honor and pleasure to have you here. And before we get into any of that, I always like to ask, how did you even get started? Were your parents in marketing and sales do they have their own businesses is this a generational thing
1: no actually my parents once told me where did you get all this entrepreneur stuff because we never told you to be that way and we certainly were not they had jobs and steady incomes and they had stability in their life and I have always chosen the other path which um, doesn't (laughs) always end up that way
0: yeah so how did you get started then like you said you've always been so what you did you sell ant farms as a kid or what
1: I had a guy recruit me into an MLM type of thing when I was young and I had never sold anything when I was at that age. I was I had, had dead end job after dead end job. And he said, why don't you do this? Come over to the house. I'll show you what it is. You can do this. And I said, no, I don't think so. I'm not a sales guy. You better get one of those salespeople to do this. And he said, don't worry about it. I got a feeling. So anyway, long story short, we, we had so much success in that company that we reached the number one position and thousands of people were sold and, and responsible for that. So I got pretty good at selling and I learned how to present in front of a room and I learned not to be nervous and all those things when I was only 20 years old. And ever since then, I've been selling and marketing and building and creating things and I've never looked back.
0: That's fantastic. Where do you think a lot of people go wrong? For a lot of people, sales is as a major daunting task. What Sidebar, but what do you think are the biggest mistakes people make?
1: Having trained thousands of salespeople in my past, they focus too much on the facts. They want to tell you the facts because they want to be that truthful salesperson. They want to be the good guy. They don't want to lie to you or anything like that. So they focus on what the brochure says and probably what their boss told them to say. But what they should focus on is the emotions of the person they're talking to, because until they get emotional enough to consider buying this thing, whatever it is, they're not going to buy anything. In fact, they're going to put up argument and they're going to object and they're going to put up wall after wall between you and your sale until they get emotional enough to step away from that defense mechanism. And I see it all the time in salespeople. So if I was your sales coach, I would say, Sit down and write three emotions that are absolutely essential for somebody to feel before they buy from you and focus every word of your conversation around that while you're
0: telling them about the product. So can you perhaps, maybe I'm asking for the the cheat codes here, but can you perhaps give some examples of what three emotions might be? Because I know some people might not understand how to even answer that question. Like I need to make them feel angry. I need them to make them feel sad. What would you, can you speak to that a bit?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sure. When we did our research before we launched all these products that we have, the first step was to figure out what are the emotions that sell things. Because that's all we're going to really care about and that's all anybody else is really going to care about. And you're capable as a human of experiencing hundreds and hundreds of emotions like love and hate and everything in between. And certain emotions sell products and certain emotions just help you get through life. And we found there's 15 emotions out of all of them, that sell everything on planet Earth. Always have, always will. Your children's children will be using these 15 emotions if they're doing it right. Emotions such as affinity, happiness, authority, trust, temptation, desire, greed, ambition, ego, prestige, innovation, curiosity. These are the types of triggers that have literally moved mankind onward and upward without them we'd still be sitting in a cave waiting for someone to bring us our meal we wouldn't have made it these are the emotions that create the builders the doers the incentivizers these are the emotions that make you want something so bad you go out there and get it and without these primal emotions we wouldn't have gotten too far so Those are just some examples, but they're all simple like that. They're basic, and that's why we call them primal. You don't have to have a psychology degree to understand what happiness is or to understand what temptation is. So when you get to know us, you'll know those 15, and it will change your game.
0: Mm, mm, mm. So you learned how to sell when you were 20. Sounds like you've trained a lot of people in sales. What did that evolution look like in terms of I'm, I'm guessing, but I'm assuming it wasn't, you didn't come out of your mom like, Hey, sell me this pen. So
1: (laughs) yeah, it wasn't exactly the, the movie script of a Wolf of Wall Street or anything like that. Yeah, no, it's, it it really was thrust upon me. In other words, the next thing I knew they were saying, go up there and talk, go sell. And I was like, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> he says, I don't even understand the product. You want me to get there and tell these people about it? And it was just uh, a trial by fire, which is pretty good. Pretty good teacher. Because you pay close attention
0: mm-hmm.
1: when you're on center stage like that. And I was so worried that people would know more than me. And the actual opposite was true. I did know more than they did. I didn't think that way. And I let my self-confidence get the best of me. And over time, I realized this is silly. I know what's going on. I could do a fair to decent job here. And I tried at different things. And it wasn't always front of the room sales, but right. different entrepreneurial businesses. I was always attracted to things that had to be sold, things that were not common knowledge, things that were new and different, that people would have to be shown. I'm always into the innovation side of mm. any product. And mm. that I think has led me here because everything we do really hadn't been done before. And it was a long road. It wasn't a weekend journey, years and years to build what we have. And, but I'm glad that prior to the years and years, at least I had decades and decades of self reflection and warm up and practice and trial and error and a lot of failure too. Not just right. a bunch of wins in a row. You
0: know? Yeah. Yeah. That's important. I wouldn't say success has many fathers, but failure is an orphan. Nobody wants to claim that one. So what would you recommend to someone who's starting out and struggling? Maybe they're just in the eating dirt period of their business career. Like you said, you had to go through, I know it's a vague general statement, but what would you recommend to someone who's starting out or struggling?
1: There's a lot of people out there right now with that very feeling. I talk to them every day, people who a year or two ago were flying high and now they're scrambling and trying to reinvent the wheel or reinvent their career. COVID gave everybody a chance to flip the script and a lot of people trying it. And it's tough. It's not easy for anybody. If you think it is, good for you. You must be one of the lucky few. Most of the, everyone else is saying it's pretty hard. And I would focus on not so much what you you have. In other words, you have this product, you have a service, you have a coaching, a business, you have this thing. Focus more on what this thing makes people feel like really take the time because until they feel different because of your thing whatever it is they probably don't have a reason to acquire it and the best salespeople and the best products the best brands are all put on the top pedestal emotionally the best salespeople do it naturally they speak emotionally they know how to translate anything into a here's what it means for you type of a Conclusion The best brands don't tell us anything about the product. The Skittle says, Taste the rainbow, and they don't talk about their candy. Red Bull gives you wings. We don't talk about the Red Bull. We talk about wings. So we talk about the emotional things that associate to the product. Pretty soon, the product starts to become emotional. Pretty soon, the people start to become emotional about the product. And guess what? Credit card comes out, they buy. They don't n- understand maybe why. They just like the product and felt like buying it. Mm. And so it's very psychological, and it's very subconscious. A hypnotist would understand what I'm talking about when I say it's very subconscious. It's a very quick decision. Once the subconscious wants to own that red Ferrari, guess what? You're driving it home.
0: So we make emotional buying decisions and then logically validate them. Is that.
1: Yeah. It's the way of the world. We, we are. The brain is set up in such a way that only the emotional side of the brain can make the decision. So the logical brain will give all the facts and say, hey, here's A, B, C, D reasons why we might want to own the Ferrari. But the emotional subconscious steps in and says, okay, I'll take it. And then the logical brain steps in just to make sure we're not playing with fire or running on the freeway. The logical brain steps in and says, okay, but did, we did get the upgraded wheel package and we did get the good leather and it is red. We got the red one, of course. So yeah, that's a smart decision. Okay, I'm good. I'm all right on that. And the logical brain wants to feel smart. The emotional brain wants to make decisions and makes about 10,000 decisions every day that Mm -hmm. you barely even think about. But Mm. that's its job.
0: So how does someone dance around that? Because a lot of people feel like, I get this a lot, and personally, my own approach to sales is the product is the last thing to be put on the table. You got to talk about them, their, their wants, their needs. Their budget, the timeline, whether other people have to be included, what an ideal solution would look like before I even want to present what I'm doing. How does emotion play into that? Because a lot of people, like again, how do you get someone? I guess there maybe it depends on the scenario because one would be maybe copy, the other would be over phone, one might be face to face sales. How do you pull at someone's heartstrings?
1: The way we do it, and I, I mentioned earlier that we already picked out these 15 emotions that were the right. biggest catalysts, right? But it goes deeper than that because those are nice and you can look at the the name ambition and you can say, okay, that's a nice word. How do I get somebody to feel ambitious enough to buy this stuff? And we found that it usually takes two emotions partnered together, almost like a molecule with a couple of atoms. It has to have a combination effect. So if I was going to tell you to buy this product, for example, that it needs trust to buy, Okay. It's a trust product. Let's say it's legal services or something like that. Usually trust products are things you can't do on your own. You probably should hire a pro
0: Mm.
1: and you got to trust them. And, And so I would say something like this, you could use this on the phone. You could use this in a social media post. All of our formulas, and there's over 200, are meant to just be strung together very simply and easily. So one of them would be, let's say for authority would be affinity, happiness. Okay. So let's put that over here. We want to talk about happiness and the affinity archetype has some characteristics as well. And we would say ambition is one of those. So there's greed. Now we have greed and we have happiness and we're trying to sell a legal service, a trust product. So we would simple say, I'd say something to him, say his name's Bob. I'd say, Bob, we have a, a program that cuts the price in half, I think you'd really appreciate that. In fact, I think it's going to make you uh, really happy. It's just that simple. I showed the the discount, and I paired it with an instant result happiness so they don't feel cheap. They want to feel happy. Nobody wants to feel cheap. And so you could just continue to rehammer that over and over. If you know all of the formulas, you can have a fluid conversation, and it won't really be obvious what you're doing but it will sound good. It'll sound really good to the person who may need that trust product because you're triggering what they need to hear to feel trust. And until mm-hmm. they feel it,
0: no sale. So you said something here, which I don't know if we've spoken about that before. We said a trust product. So we have 15 emotions. How, so one emotion, because this is, I just want to clarify for people that are trying to follow along here. We have 15 emotions that can, You'd be used in combination to get people to buy. Certain ones are needed for certain industries, problems that are to be solved. Where you called something a trust product. So does that mean that each uh, different products have their own emotion, their own primary emotion? Or is that a separate category like categorical system?
1: No, you're right on the money. That's really great. And most people don't go there that quickly. So that's what the yes test is all about. And the yes test had to be created because you're absolutely right. How do I know this is a trust product? It could be an ego product or some other label that you've given it. How do I know what I am as a company? And how do I know what this product is I'm trying to sell? So you take the yes test. takes about five minutes. And it analyzes whatever the brand is psychologically. And at the end of the test, we can tell you exactly what your primal emotion is. So this product would be a trust product. Mm. Primal emotion is trust. Uh, We would call that an authority brand because authority and trust are are the two things that go together. We would identify you in the test as an authority brand. And then you'd say, okay, now what? What do I do with that information? Now we have all of the authority formulas and words and phrases, colors, upsells, everything we already know about how authority sells itself. Now we can show you that. But until we knew which ballpark you were going to play in, we wouldn't want to consult with you at all. And that's why the S yes test is so important. And that's why we give it away free because we want people to take this without this information. You're really flying blind. You may think of your product. You'd say, I'm a lawyer. I know what I'm doing. I'm smart. Absolutely. You are. But do you know how to trigger trust through the soft emotions like approval, affinity, altruism? and community because if you don't you're missing out there's some fun for you there you could make a lot more money if you really understood the psychology of how to lead into trust and that's just one example and of course there's 15 different ballparks that you could play in
0: got it so uh, you're so there's 15 emotions there's going to be one dominant and then different ways to pair it or approach it but what product do you have you don't really know until you take the yes test to really get to the core of it
1: Fair enough. It gets, it gets to the rich, chewy center of your brand.
0: Yep. The rich, chewy center. <laughs> I love, yeah, good. this is like the third time Brian's made me laugh with his descriptive words of something because I'm like tasting it and feeling it in my brain when he talks. <laughs> so that's why it made me laugh so hard. I forget what you said before, but there was something, it was like, scream the mic. I forget what it was, but it, it was good. It gave me a belly laugh. So now what about habits? What are some of the habits that you think are most critical? Obviously, we need to know the psychology. We need to pair a logical reason to buy with an emotional compelling reason to buy. If you don't have both, you're running a three-legged race with one foot. So what about the habit part of things? Like, okay, I've got the logic. I've got the emotional part. Habitually, what are some of those important habits in terms of running and growing a successful business and marketing and sales?
1: I think you have to start looking at things as somewhat separate from the nuts and bolts of your business. Everybody knows their business. I would never step in and and assume in anybody's business that I know more about it than they do. I know a lot more about how to sell it than they probably do, but I would never say I know more about the business itself. Now, that to me is the least important part of the business. Now, of course, you have to run the business, all right? But when we're talking about motivating another human being to buy it, the nuts and the bolts and all that stuff gets in the way. And it becomes a habit of business people to focus on what they know, to focus on what they're good at. I can give you the policies and the yeah. procedures, and the, right, I can give you A to Z on our company because I have to be that guy. But when it comes to selling, you've got to literally rip that hat off your head and say, I never want to focus on the facts. I want to focus on the feelings of my brand right now. How do I, how, what are they going to need to feel just before they pull out the credit card? that kind of introspection takes work and most people cannot do it. I'll be real honest with you. Yeah. That's why we cre- we created the yes test because if it took us seven years to figure this out, a lot of money and a lot of time. And so we just don't expect business people to sit down and five minutes of thought and go, Oh, what? Eureka, I have the, all my answers. No, you should do it once you have the answers to form the habit of always thinking in this emotional lane mm. you get to wherever you're going to go faster but unfortunately bad habits are formed uh, by the logical mind a lot of times and we're taught in school do it this way conform be like the others so yeah, yeah. think outside the box a little bit and 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 the, even the box can be uh, a good place to make money if the box is is creative enough it doesn't being cliches can make you money it doesn't have to be the newest most incredible thought in the world. You don't have to be the bold and you don't have to be Steve jobs. Okay. Right. <laughs> he, he just, he understood people better than he had probably understood some of his products. Yeah. And, well, I,
0: I just spoke to a guy, Alex Berman. He's got he's a YouTube influencer, like a hundred thousand followers. And he just made 20 something thousand dollars in a pre-launch for a software product that has one feature. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm really getting really big into the one feature software products. Because he's talking about people always want to overcomplicate things, right? Yes. If you're going to make a tool, everyone's got to do this, 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 he's just solve one problem really well. And that's it. And the an example he gave was HubSpot versus Dropbox. Dropbox just lets you upload and share files. And HubSpot does 101 other things. You'd think HubSpot were bigger. Dropbox is a bigger company than HubSpot, which I thought mm-hmm. was very interesting in that way. Now, sidebar off this, does the emotionality change throughout the customer journey? Are these emotions almost what is the test? There's some personality test that starts with a K, the Kobe Col- test. You do your Kobe test and it's basically your score for life type thing. You can retake it, make sure you took it right, but no matter what now or 10 years from now, it's going to be the same. Is this, again, is the, is it dependent on the problem that you're solving typically? Does, does the emotion evolve? Does it evolve in terms of the market sophistication? Does it evolve in terms of, where they are in the customer journey, or is it just, I, I'm a dentist. People need to come to me and I've talked about bad breath about where they're putting their mouth and maybe they're putting their mouth in places. They shouldn't be all this sort of stuff. And it's just that hitting those same emotions for, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: forever. That's a good question. First of all, let me say this humans haven't changed in thousands of years. So the 15 emotions we're going to tell you work worked for Caesar and Aristotle just as well. <laughs> okay. So we don't change much and you can take advantage of that. That's a really good thing because if humans changed as fast as Google's algorithms did, right. you wouldn't sell anything to anyone anywhere ever. So you need something to be the constant. Let's call humans the constant. We are emotionally built. Right. And your, tool, your toolbox is in there. Now, when it comes to brands, for example, you brought up a dentist could be an authority brand and often would be. Somebody you have to trust to work on your mouth, right? And and you don't know what you're doing, so you're going to trust a dentist. But some of the products a dentist markets would be, let's say, for example, whitening and uh, all kinds of cosmetic dentistry. That would be appealing to our ego. That would be a prestige brand. I deserve to look better. It's for me. It's my time to look great, okay? And he would want to promote those types of products in that way. Maybe he has a discount. A super low-priced plan for people who need a a super discount. And really, it's just about the money. Give us $20 a month and you can come get your teeth cleaned, whatever. Something like that. And so it's appealing to people who want to save time, save money. right? right? Maybe he's got a program for Hollywood movie stars. Only for the elite. There's your admiration brand starting to poke through. Starting to say, hey, it's not for you. You're not ready for this kind of treatment right
0: mm. you can't
1: afford this this is lamborghini time you're not right. quite ready so Oof. the the brand can change the products within the brand would change if, if you analyzed all of disney's products they should each take a yes test for each product because it wouldn't just be disney it would be disney hotel product and disney specific brand, right yeah so know that when you're trying to sell something you want to sell to the emotions that are inherent and and intrinsic to the product you're trying to sell that's why the test is so important it just gets there in five minutes and right. it makes things.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's really important. So it's almost like Gary Bensavenga. He said problems are markets, not demographics, not products, but the problem itself is the market. And I'm, what I'm hearing from you is that the emotions are inherent to the problem and the product that you've built around. Like, Cause you can take, you can take a, a football game. There's some people that just want to watch it with their buddies at the pub and get drunk There's people that want to go to see it in person. And there's people that want to actually have their feet on the grass and meet the players in the locker room after the exact same product essentially, but there's different reasons to buy different emotions, right? Emotional appeals, same thing, job hunting, homeless people need jobs, high powered CEOs need jobs. So it's the problem centric still, but depending on the stereotype that you're serving, the emotions would be different. I think for the homeless person, there'd be more of a survival instinct. And and getting my act together. Whereas for the high-powered CEO, it might be about legacy, about track record, about something like that. Am I? Is this close?
1: Yeah, yeah, you're good. It's very good. Very perceptive. There's just an an insane amount of examples of brands that you think are huge now, and they are. They were struggling. They had they were dialed in on one, and if they just turned the knob to two, they would have made it faster. But they're stuck on one because somebody likes one. And as soon as they turned the knob, they, they found that they changed their whole game. And it, it is products have sort of personalities to them. If you want to think of it that way. And until you understand what this product is, this isn't just legal services, comfort. This right. is sleeping well at night. Right. And this is saving your, your family from harm or whatever. The, the much more emotional things. And in, in much more emotional things than teeth, than anything else you can d- draw a conclusion with. We are emotional beings having occasional moments of, uh, of logical brain activity. We are not logical beings having occasional moments of mm-hmm. emotional activity. Uh, 95% of your life is emotional. And life is emotional. Cars are emotional. Game shows are emotional. Movies, TV, music, advertising, mm-hmm. money, everything is emotional to us. And yet, you get no training. Your entire business school life on emotional theory and emotional triggers and what makes a human move to the left or move to the right. And I think it's a it's it's one of the crimes of the educational system that we don't teach people how to get along out there,
0: right.
1: interacting with all these other emotional little
0: beings. Yeah, thinking about what you were saying there, I, and and how talking about one and two. Made me realize, like, one emotion might be what attracts people and helps generate leads, but it might be the second emotion that gets them over the edge and actually commit. Greg Jacobson, you may actually know him. Craig Jacobson, fantastic marketer. He always talks about how you have an attraction story and then you have a conversion story. And I'm one. And when you're talking about the one versus the two and the different emotions, I wonder if that. And I'm, I'm asking this rhetorically, but it's also a question for you. Do you feel that's also the case? Like when you map out the customer journey, it's not just the logical things that have to happen, but there's actually, there's, I think there's even a book called Wow or something like that. It's about creating, making your customers go wow when you deliver. And it almost sounds like from what I'm hearing from you, you need to take your customer journey and map out the emotionality of every moment and every stage. At this stage, We draw them in with the whatever, the admiration, the happiness, right? The whatever. And whether it's a health supplement for weight loss, this is, wow, this is health and vitality. I don't know if that's the emotion. What would the emotion be for health and vitality or a possible one?
1: You're probably talking about an attraction brand, a brand that promises to change you, transform you, improve you, give you better health. And the attraction brand is characterized by authority, excitement, fascination, Mm. some envy of being like the people who've already transformed. so maybe Um,
0: your envy advertising gets them in, but then the actual conversion would happen around the excitement and would you say the intrigue, maybe the excitement and curiosity,
1: maybe you show a guy with a six pack abs, right? And you say, these are million dollar abs, don't you want them? Right. So there's your envy, your admiration. Yeah. I want what that guy's got for sure. But then you got to close the deal. It takes two emotions to close the deal the first emotion leads you in and and then you'd put it together with something else that may be recommended say for example authority the most trusted program in abdominal training has mm. not been made public just for a few and so you have this admiration and it's trusted but it's only for a few oh my god i got to get in there and you know it, it, so everything pairs So I could tell you all day to be altruistic. I could say, Daryl, this is a smart thing to do. This is the the, the, the noble thing to do. This is what you should do. But until I pair it with the second one, until I drop the bomb and I say, in fact, everyone in our group is already doing it, the community factor. It's the smart thing to do, but you're behind, aren't you? At this moment, you feel a little left out. What? They're already doing it. They're ahead of me. They already know I want in. And so all of these emotional formulas that we give you for once you take the test are designed to have like one, two equals three. The three is a purchase. So one plus two equals three. And it's that simple. It's so easy to do. Once people, sometimes people look at what we give them. They say, is that it? Is that really, are you telling me that this is the answer? And I say, yeah, I know. It's so simple that it eludes us. As you mentioned, We, we complicate things, right? That's our job.
0: Right. Yeah. Our job. Yeah, what is it? Everybody's searching for enlightenment, but when you talk and you actually read the books of the Zen masters and these the Shaolin monks, they say carry water, chop wood, and what they're saying is that even though you feel you've connected with whatever and you've had some sort of awakening, you still exist here and you still need to carry water and chop. You still have to do the fun things that you know that move the ball forward, so to speak, that bring tomorrow. And I think that's even martial arts. I heard a quote that virtue is doing the common uncommonly well. And I've been using the example of the heck was his name. One of the Gracie's anyways, everybody knows what he's going to do. He's going to take them down. He's going to mount them and he's going to gee choke them. And he does it to everybody. Like he just, he's just, he's won so many world championships and there's no surprise to what's coming, but they, they can't stop him because he's doing the common. And what's so fascinating about this guy is because those are movements people learn their first month or two. But he's doing it to like the most elite level black belts where so many people are focused on like there's a guy, Eddie, that came out with this rubber guard and all and this electric chair move, all these fancy moves, and they only work on inexperienced, inundated people. They don't you might catch someone that's not aware of it off guard. But once somebody's aware of it, it's really hard to catch him with some of the fancy stuff. But then you've got the Hodger Gracie. He just he's just gonna do the bread and butter basics that have been there since forever and he's going to do it so well exactly what's coming and you can't stop it and that's almost what i'm hearing you talk about these are the emotions and that's the thing that I th- sounds like a lot of people they're probably good at what they do they probably make it so the deal seems like a great deal listen it's good pricing it's good offer all the logical stuff is there but they're not connecting with the emotional part of the brain they're not conveying it through stories they're having incomplete messaging is that fair in your experience yeah, they're, or
1: they're- Well, our logical brain wants to be in control. Like right now, you and I are using our logical brain. Uh, We're interacting, having an intelligent conversation. Um, But the people out there listening have already decided whether they like me or not emotionally. Right. And they decided rather quickly. Um, And so you can't get around the 95% of your mind that is pre-wired to be this way. Some people are better at hiding their emotions. But they are no less emotional. The mm-hmm. guy that works in a nuclear reactor plant and is buying parts for the reactor will purchase those parts emotionally, even though he's got the genius brain. Yeah. He doesn't want to get fired. He doesn't want people to die. He's going to, He's that's very emotional reason to not make a mistake. So we're all the same way. I always say, if you want to, we're all like snowflakes. Okay. We're all unique and individual and we're all a one in a million. But if you want to sell to the snow, do not sell to the flake. Mm. Sell to what's common among all of us, the DNA that we all have. It's all. We're, we're all ready at any time to emotionally be steered to the left or to the right. And for those who understand how to do that, and I mean that ethically, that of is course. not being manipulative at all. People who have something to sell, Truly should believe that if I don't sell this today, this person's not as well off as they should be. I'm helping them. And and that's good to think that way. But it's an incredible gift to really understand why we say and do the things we do. And they've done so many psychological experiments to prove that you don't do what you think you're going to do. And the smart The smart brain kind of loses most of the time, except on a test in college, you're you're cramming for the test and you you can answer the questions real briefly and then you forget them. It's all gone. Vapor. But what you remember is how nervous you were when you took taking the test because emotions are like thumbtacks. They create memories and memories are thumbtacked to the mind. And there's a saying in advertising that you probably heard. It says that different is better than better. And that's true. But I think being memorable is better than being different or better. Mm. Be memorable. If your brand isn't remembered, you're done. Hang it up. You're out. The other brand is more memorable than you because they were more emotional than you. Something they did made it emotional enough to be remembered. That's why Budweiser doesn't show you beer in a glass. They show you Clydesdale horses. And if you're buying a Subaru, they're racing around some dirt road, which you probably wouldn't maybe take the Subaru, but but in the commercial, it's emotional. Yeah. That's why these things work. And again, we don't get training in this. And so my company is pioneering this simple road mapping of the human emotional genome, so to speak. So you can just learn how to do it. And the reason I'm doing all this is because I saw people doing it so badly when I owned magazines and they would give me their ads. The ads were terrible. The ads would fail. They would hate the magazine and hate me right. and everybody blame. They never blamed their bad ad. They would never think of that. Oh, the magazine guy sucks. And I thought, when I get out of this, I'm going to teach people how to do it because I'm tired of seeing the same thing over and over. And And that's what started this algorithmic journey Could it even be done? Could math define emotion? That Mm -hmm. alone would say, a lot of people would say, that's not going to happen right there. It took seven years. Yeah, Yeah, Crazy journey, but aren't they all?
0: Right. (laughs) I think that's a really powerful statement. and it, It makes sense when you think of all the old school formulas like AIDA, Attention, Interest, Desire, Action. You have to get attention. You have to pique their interest. You have to generate desire. I actually don't know, and this has been bothering me for a long time, but when I was 17, I worked a summer at the Okanagan hockey school as like a camp counselor. And there was a, like a personal motivator, motivational coach that, so we would go and we would actually work with actual NHL coaches. I, I was with team Swiss Op Suisse. He flew in from Switzerland and like, I was with these guys. We would do fitness training, skill work. We'd sit down with actual NHL coaches and analyze their game tapes. And then we'd go to this guy and I think it was Jim Rohn. If it wasn't, it was his twin. But he had this thing where he used to say, the guy that I met, he said, emotion, energy in motion, e-motion, energy in motion. So if you can't get the emotions, there's no energy. It's like a rocket ship that's not taking off. And so that's why I hear you talking about this, the AIDA, attention, interest, desire. You have to generate the emotion to create the desire for them to take action. Problem, agitate, solve. You can't just go problem solve. You have to agitate the emotion. In order for there to want to be and this is like a trick you talked about selling on stage they always drop the temperature in rooms when they get into the pitch because they want people to feel the need to do something and move and it's not going to necessarily cause them to buy but it'll help oomph your pitch a little bit if you're making good if it's a good pitch it can give it a slight small boost and at that point you've done so much work to get all these people in a room why wouldn't you do everything you could and so they do these things to agitate people emotionally I, oh, I'm cold. I got to get up. I got to go do something. And then they're hearing this pitch and they're giving you emotional and logical reasons to buy and you're up. And now because you got to move because you feel this internal impetus and you're walking past the, the back of the booth, I'll take a look. And so I think that there's a really, it's almost like dark matter. Like it's an unseen, you know what I'm saying? It's it's almost like a, a plank length particle like, it's just this unseen thing that's underlying everything. Why you might buy from someone, why you don't, why you return to purchase. I, I agree exactly what you're saying. And I just, I'm hoping that the listeners understand the value of so many of us are so business owners are very goal oriented, driven, high performance achievers. We like to think we're very logical and rational people, but man, pepper in some of this emotional stuff so you can communicate and reach people better and convey the benefit.
1: Yeah, it's all they want anyway. Nobody asked for a book report on your brand and you can't educate someone into a sale. It just you just can't. When people hear facts, they think, aha, I must argue that I have an opinion on that. Prove that I saw on Google just the other day. Right. When you give them facts, you give them ammunition. And guess where it's coming right back at you. (laughs) It's going to come right back. You're right. That bullet you just fired is coming right back at you. When you give them emotional cues and you you speak a little differently, a little more simply, they accept the emotion because it's true. And it's not something to argue with. It's something to be felt. Yep. And it's just real hard to argue when you're going along, bopping along, and, and you're just enjoying the show. Okay, perfect example. When you watch James Bond, okay, the new James Bond movie, do you stand up in the middle of the movie and go, oh, that's ridiculous? Look at him. He leaped from one building to another building and jumped right. onto a moving right. They've
0: shot a hundred bullets at him. Not one is hit. What's going on? We, the subconscious
1: doesn't care, is buying every second of this adventure. It's and that's exciting. why no James Bond, the every James Bond movie will be exactly like the last James Bond movie because it's a formula and it works. Right? They're not going to deviate from the formula. Is Marlboro gonna change the Marlboro man? Well, it's been working for I don't know, 70 years, once you have the right formula, you don't need to go back to the pile and come up with another one. You've won. You've won. All you need is one. All you need is one. We'll give you dozens in our materials. So you just have plenty to play with, but all you need is one and you're done with this thing. And when you look back and that's how we figured all this stuff out. We looked at all the winning formulas. We studied all the big winners and said, okay, there's something unique happening here. Nobody liked this product. Then this ad comes out. Now they can't get enough of it. Okay, it's the same product. Uh, What do they do? And you see what they did and you realize, wow, it's just the way they changed the the presentation of it made all the difference in the world to the people. That's all they wanted was the volume was at one. They turned it to two. And then it worked. And Mm. for ages, they didn't have the guts to turn it up to two. Everyone thought one was the best they could do. And that's how some of the best products in the world made it. They were literally dying on the vine, bankrupt, out of gas, competitors kicking them like cans down the street. That's called a metaphor. We teach you how to speak in metaphor, because if you speak in metaphor, you're 10 times clearer than if you don't. And all of a sudden, the brand changed, and all of a sudden, the miracles happen, and the angels sang, and the heavens parted, and they couldn't sell anything less than a billion dollars a year. Is the product any better? No. Is McDonald's a great hamburger? Not really. Is Pizza Hut the best pizza? Probably not. Is Jack Daniel's the best whiskey? Eh, I don't think so. There's probably a better whiskey, right? But they're right. number one. They're number one because they're they understand the emotions of their brand. They don't have to debate the quality. The quality? No, it's good enough the quality right. is excellent it's it, 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 at, at the top of the, any game the quality is uh, is enough doesn't mm-hmm. matter what game you're in at some point quality stops being important at all and it starts turning into why would somebody prefer that over that and mm-hmm. that's an emotional decision if i ask you what's two plus two you go four, four right that's a logical brain decision it's easy if i say what's your favorite color shirt and now the emotional side of your mind has to start weighing pros and cons of colors. And all of a sudden you to come up with some decision, but it'll be an emotional decision and it won't be probably as instant. And so that's the yin and yang of how we're all built, right? School teaches you how to be logical, stay in the lines, conform, be like the others. Advertising and the things we show you is where all of the pretty colors are, where all of the Easter eggs are sitting on the grass. All you have to do is just pick them up.
0: Love it. the emotional side. I love it. So one last question. I do want to be respectful for your time. Where do you think things are going? We're in an era right now, a lot of technological disruption, geopolitical st- instability. If I were to voice my own opinion, it seems like the bankers and the politicians are pilfering the coffers. Where do you think things are going to be in 5, 10, 15 years, at least as far as what is on your radar, what you're preparing for the future? And maybe what the audience need to consider.
1: Wow. Big question. I think, I don't think the end is coming. I'm an optimist at heart. Me too. Yep. I think the, I think if you expect a different result, 10, 20 years from now than you're getting now, I think you're looking for that. There's the fantasy, right? To think that something's just going to magically change. It's not the world that changes. It's your perception of it. You all of a sudden notice this more because you're older. So now you're, you're watching CNN a lot because they talk about social security all of a sudden you're noticing that but it never really was any different the Romans argued about how much the welfare should be right, and people yeah. <laughs> were always screaming to him to raise it up right it it has not changed you can't change Humanity you can only change your perception of it you can't change your product it is what it is but you can change the perception of your product and so I think the next years is that tech is going to Tech is going to get more techy It that's its job it's like a 300 mile an hour bullet train and it just has one job stay ahead of you because they make money in the difference between what you know and what they know and that bullet train never you're never going to catch it okay focus instead on the primal things that never change Mm. get rich that way lay back from the herd Okay, the herds over there are doing the same thing. They're targeting, they're teching, they're AIing. They're trying to find the guy who's going to buy a taco on Wednesday and what color his underwear is going to be when he buys it, right? And then what do you say to that guy when you get him in front of you? He's there, we've targeted, he's listening. Now what? Emotional message, that's what. It won't be a techie targeting message. It'll be something that makes him say, wow, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. And it will be that way forever. It takes us all over. Guess what AI is going to do? It's going to master human
0: emotion. That's it's right. Gonna it's going to play its with our emotion. Save grandma. Save grandma. Be a good human. That's right. So, Brian, where do people go and find out more? Obviously, they need to go do this test just to figure out what the core emotion, the primary and, and some of the secondary ones are. Where can they go get the yes test?
1: Great question. We have set up a website, and your your listeners will be able to go there, take the test absolutely free. It's free, f r e e free yes test dot com. That yeah. is there. That's all you should do. From there, you can get to everything else that we do. But take five minutes, folks. If you're listening to this and you're wondering if I'm I got it got some answers or if I'm a crazy man, either way, take the test and find out because we spent a lot of time on this and I I guarantee you the most common thing people say about the test after they take it is it's mind-blowing that's what we hear most frequently so go ahead and take it and answer the questions for your business interesting thing is about the test we never ask during the test what your business is we never ask we don't know if you're a dentist you could be a a dentist or an airline pilot we don't know that the test figures you out. We don't wanna know. We don't want you thinking you got the dentist result. We don't want you thinking that. So the dentist takes the test and he goes, I don't know how they know all this, but they just described my brand back to me in a way that I wish I had the articulation skills to be able to do. And that's because it's the first time that the poor dentist has heard his brand in emotional terms Mm. that people care about, the things that really matter. And that's what the test does. The only test in the world that does it, go to FreeYesTest.com. And then if you want to know more, book an appointment with us and we will blow your mind with what else because that test uncovers about 1% of what you need to know. And it's amazing. Imagine what the other 99 must look like.
0: There you go. So for more information, go check out F R E Y E S T E S T. -T 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 F-R-E-Y-E-S-T-E-S-T.com. Brian, this has been such a good... Interview, lots of gold, lots of nuggets. I've got a couple of pages of notes. Is there anything I haven't asked you that I should have asked you?
1: It's been a great interview. I got to compliment you. You've covered a lot of ground with some pretty intuitive questions. Done a lot of podcasts. And I think you've covered it well. We can brag all day and tomorrow about our products. And I don't want to go into a, a, a huckster fest on our stuff. You'll see. That's all I'm going to say. You'll see. But I, I would just say, start reading in your spare time folks i don't care what your business is i don't care what you do start reading more about human emotions cuz school isn't going to teach it to you if you're in school good luck maybe you find a course in it i hope you do start learning wh- what matters in the world you got to interact with 7 billion humans guess what they're all emotional almost all the time
0: <laughs> uh, yeah you're a,
1: you're in the pinball machine and you're the pinball i learn how to bounce learn how to ricochet, learn what people like, desire and want, you will get so much farther in life Mm. than if you conform to what you think they want, or what you were told they want. Mm. Think about it. And you'll see.
0: Yeah, powerful words. Brian, thank you so much for coming and sharing with my audience. And I You definitely delivered. And I know you got your own following your own community, your own staff, your own stuff. So thank you for taking the time to come and share with me and my folks.
1: Thanks, Daryl. Thanks for having me. It was fun. And I'm glad that you asked me on the show.